what the fuck was that? That music sounded a little bit familiar, but uh, I think we got the t- the wrong tune here. DJ, what the hell's going on, man? Hey, Bobby, man. So, I mean, we record every two weeks, right? And you know, since the last time you and I spoke, I kind of kind of started a thing, and uh, you know, kind of Ephus like, but a little bit different, and talk about some prospects, some other stuff. You know, I talk about Bowman all the time, and. It's not really your bag, I feel like. Uh, you know, if you wanted to start a Star Wars podcast or something like that, I'd be fully behind you. But, uh, yeah, let's let's check it out and see what everybody thinks. Well, first you first you take my girl flagship, and now you're, uh, now you're running off and starting another pod. But, hey, man, you're right. Bowman's not my thing, and I think the Ethos' focus will always be, you know, flagship rookie cards and flagship cards. So I know... Give the people what they want, man, and give you what you want. Talk about some Bowman, man. Talk about some, some gambling addictions, some degeneracy, <laughs> uh, some missed predictions. Uh, yeah, a whole bunch of good stuff out there. So like-minded degenerates, uh, enjoy this. And is Tim Taylor on it? Because what's the name of this? Is Didn't he have a hot assistant? Maybe she can be on it. So we've reached out, uh, haven't heard back yet, but uh, as you guys know, you you, uh, prospectors, it's all about the tools, you know, five tool guys. So we're going to talk about some of those tools from time to time, tool time. Cool, man. I'm looking forward to listening. Uh, Everyone else, the EFIS is not going anywhere, but TJ's TJ's got tool time going. So this is going to drop on off weeks. Is it going to be a regular cadence, TJ, every other Tuesday or just as you guys can do it? What's the plan? Me and my man Philly are are, uh, shooting for every two weeks. So, you know, ideally with this new format, you guys will have a podcast to listen to each and every Tuesday starting this week. So looking forward to it. Really excited about it. Hell yeah. Well, I'll get out of the way and uh, guys, I'll, I'll talk to you in a I guess about a week from drop of this episode, we got a really special episode coming up. We, those of you all in the Discord, uh, I put a, a survey out for for everybody to kind of rank the top ten um, flagship rookie cards of the two thousands, and and also some of the top short prints of the two thousands. So we're, we're going to dive into flagship pretty heavy when the EFIS comes back. All right, TJ, off to you. Have fun, my man. Thanks, bro. We'll see you soon. Hello and welcome to Tool Time, the prospect podcast with TJ and Philly. And uh, this is a little new thing we're kind of trying out. And I'd like to welcome my man, Mr. Phil, a.k.a. Philly, uh, from the uh, EFIS Discord in here. He's my main prospect resource and recently discovered this man has just a wealth of knowledge. So we decided it'd be good to kind of get that knowledge out to everybody else and Pair it with a little bit of baseball card talk and maybe give you guys some tools to put in your belt uh, to help you collect in a good way. So uh, what's up, Phil? What's up, TJ? Or should I call you Zavala guy, the Yachty guy, or the Camonero guy today? So Yachty guy like three months ago, Zavala guy like two months ago, and Camonero guy most recently. But, you know, pick one. It's all applicable. I mean, they're all studs. We'll see what we got, and uh, you know we're going to talk about them all later, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll touch on each of those guys just a little bit, just a little bit. So, uh, Philly, why don't you tell them a little bit about, you know, why we're doing this and uh, and what we're here to do? Yeah, you know, uh, the last couple of months on the Discord, we've had a lot of great discussion in the Prospect channel. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of knowledge to share, but there's also a ton of information to seek out and dig through. Um, so what we're hoping to do here is give you a little bit of insight, you know, maybe some numbers, maybe some uh, names to keep an eye on that can help you when you're prospecting out in the car world, whether it's Bowman, you know, Stars and Stripes, you know, even down to the uh, Panini Elite Extra Edition cards, if that's how you roll. Um, we just want to fill you with information. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, to kind of take the other side of that, you know, as a, a degenerate that just loves to buy and rip packs, man, and uh, Bowman is just, oh, it's a wonderful drug and I can't get enough of it. But all of my biggest and best hits in the hobby have all been from Bowman. I mean, we're talking pack pulls, hobby box pulls, you know, blaster pulls, stuff like that. Um, I've pulled more, you know, three and four figure cards from Bowman than all other sets combined. And it's not even close. And so, you know, we'll talk a little bit about why that hype, you know, produces prices that are just, in a lot of cases, kind of ridiculous and unsustainable, but also, you know, for somebody, again, with a degenerate mindset such as myself, uh, it kind of works really well. So we'll talk about that a little bit too. Um, why are you so into prospects, Phil? And I can I can say confidently, and you guys will find out more as, as we get deeper into this, but uh, this man, I just threw out random names to him. He came back with at least a two-sentence blurb on each of them. So why are you so, so much into the prospecting, my man? Yeah, so for me, I mean, when you look at prospects, when you look at how teams you know, and organizations build up, um, it's exciting and it's a world of endless possibilities. Um, you know, you see guys 17 years old, 16 year old signing contracts and then Benikin, you know, okay, well, what's this guy going to be when he's 25? Uh, you see these college kids that are supposed to be, you know, can't miss prospects. Guy like Jacob Berry, next year he goes on and he's hitting 210 in A ball, but he's supposed to be the first guy to the big leagues with a, a surefire bat. Um, for me, you know, I started when I was young, eight, nine years old. My dad would always get the Bill James handbooks, the Baseball Prospectus Almanacs. We'd be reading up on it. In uh, 1995, we were lucky enough that Tacoma decided to sign on with the Mariners and become their AAA affiliate. Nice. So my dad got season tickets on the first baseline. You know, three, four years, we're there 30, 40 nights a week, uh, hunting autographs, you know, kind of looking back at, you know, players that maybe came back from the big leagues that, you know, hey, I saw that guy in the 80s. I saw him in the early 90s. Oh, yeah, he did this in a World Series. Um, so, you know, in the garage somewhere, I got a ton of PCL baseball signed. You know, I got a bunch of cards, you know, hand signed by players. Even uh, just last week, I was looking through and found some of my old Tacoma Rainiers baseball camp uh, memorabilia. I got to go when I was 12. I'm getting lessons from guys like Raul Abanez, Derek Lowe, Jason Veritek. Wow. You know, right on the cusp of, you know, getting bumped to the big leagues. So, you know, not only is it you know a fun time for those guys kind of growing up on the way to becoming big leaguers, but it's a fun time for fans just dreaming on, you know, what's possible. Yeah, living here in Tucson, we used to have, you know, a lot of minor league teams come to Tucson for spring training, man. I mean, we had the Giants, the Rockies, the White Sox, the Diamondbacks. Um, and just over we had time, Toros and AAA, right? Yeah, the Tucson Toros, and then they were the a Double A team for a little while. And you know, for those of you who don't know, the Toros Field is where they filmed the film uh, Major League. So that's that's pretty cool little piece of Tucson history. Um, but slowly but surely, all those teams kind of started migrating up 
towards the Phoenix area. So, you know, if I wanted to drive an hour, hour and a half uh, during spring, I mean, what more do you want, bro? You know, half the damn league is out there. So uh, prospecting is a lot of fun. I think it's the kind of the promise and, you know, the youthfulness and just the, you know, the infinite wealth of possibilities with all these kids. That's so exciting. I mean, really? You see a 16, 17 year old kid, he's super tooled up, you know, he hits the ball a country mile and man, I want to see what that kid does with major league pitching and just kind of watch the progression. And, you know, like we'll talk about, they all don't progress, but the ones that do, uh, it can really be a pleasure to kind of see that, you know, from the beginning to the finish type of uh, part of their career. So I guess, you know, just to, uh, we're in episode one here. Chances are, if people are listening to this, they, they know the slang, but what is it we're talking about when we say tools? You know, if somebody is just stumbling in on this or uh, our ladies are listening. Absolutely. So, you know, each each prospect as they come in, the scouts will grade them on on a scale of what is it? 20 to 80. 20 to 80 uh, yeah. and, and there are five tools. So, you know, there's hitting. We all know what hitting is. There's hitting for power, home runs, doubles, triples, slugging, etc. Uh, you've got an arm or throwing. Right. That's just base to base, maybe outfield to the infield. Maybe you're talking about a catcher. How good is his throw from, you know, behind the plate to second base to, to pick off a base stealer, uh, things like that. Uh, you got fielding, which is, you know, pretty straightforward. You know, can you, can you run? Can you catch? Can you field your position? Whatever that position may be. Designated hitter. Yeah. Exactly. And then uh, speed, right? And again, pretty, pretty basic. But, but the uh, common consensus is that, a guy that excels in each of those areas would be called a five tool kid. And when you see somebody who runs, who throws, who hits, who hits for power uh, and fields his position, the odds are he should be a decent major league player at some point in time. Um, and so, you know, you'll hear somebody's a five tool kid or, you know, he's an 80 grade hit tool or a 70 grade speed tool. It's just kind of a scale to give you a, a, an idea of how good, basically somebody else thinks this kid might be uh, either one day or in the future. What are your thoughts on the, on the prospect scale? Yeah, no, I think um, it's important to remember too, when you're looking at the numbers that, um, you know, 60 in most scouts eyes is basically borderline all-star, you know, above average regular 40 is kind of like, okay, you can hold in there in the major leagues. You might hit 240, 250. We have a 40 hit tool. Um, but when you get to 80, when you get to 70, 75, that's when you start talking about truly, like elite level talents, um, you know, everybody right now is in love with Ellie De-, De La Cruz. And that's a guy, you know, 70, 80 game speed, easy. The power, same thing. Um, hit tool, not not as high up there, you know, a lot of swing and miss in the game still. But when he hits it, you know, it's not coming back. Have you ever seen somebody with an 80 hit tool just coming up? Just 80 hit or hit for power for that matter. You know, I remember this is this is definitely a throwback name. Um, Billy Ashley. He was an old Dodgers prospect in the mid '90s. He played in Albuquerque, and he could never make that like major league transition. You know, he's a classic four A guy, but you could always count on him for forty home runs a year in AAA. Uh, you know, absolutely wallop the ball out of the park. Didn't want to pitch to him because he knew it was gone, but could never translate it to the big leagues. That's uh, it's a shame, man. And there's a lot of those those kinds of stories. You know, unfortunately, the sad reality is there's more of those stories than the Ellie De La Cruz stories. Exactly. And, and even with Ellie De La Cruz, and we'll talk about this a little bit more, but I mean, we're pretty early into what you would consider Ellie De La Cruz's career. So 
to make any kind of long-term judgments or determinations based on what we've seen so far, it'd be slightly foolish in my opinion. It's it's definitely fun, you know, watching the Reds games right now and hearing the announcers say, oh, this, this could be the first 50-50 guy. But, you know, they're also basing that off the first 20 games that they've seen. And, you know, as I pointed out, I think in a discussion the other day, the guy's, you know, batting average on balls in play is well over 500. So, I mean, he's he's getting a hit off of everything he makes contact with. If the league average is 300, he's going to come down a little bit. He's going to slow down on some of those numbers. So it's 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 fun not to get caught up or it's fun to get caught up in the hype but at the same time you got to keep grounded a little bit and i think that goes for all prospecting absolutely and i think that kind of leads into the next point of you know when we talk about stuff here and i want to be really really clear about this from the offset and in no way shape or form is this investment advice is this go spend your money advice this is you know casually talking about things that you may already be doing or already be doing on a level where you could become a little more educated or more informed. But I don't want you to stop everything you're doing and go buy a bunch of Ellie De La Cruz cards because we talked about it a little bit. Um, The fact of the matter is, is that myself, uh, Philly, MLB scouts, prospectors all over the world are right sometimes and wrong the vast majority of the time. And like I said, you know, there's more of those flame out stories or those guys that didn't pan out or they just maybe got a cup of coffee in the league stories that then there are, again, Ellie De La Cruz or Julio Rodriguez, uh, Wander Franco type stories. Everybody doesn't just come up and set the world on fire as soon as they put on that major league uniform. Uh, no, it's, you know, it's fun to look back on some of the ones you might've gotten right over the years and, I think we're all pretty good at remembering those calls that we made, but uh, you know, chances are whether it's cards or even just watching a guy stand in the batter's box, you know, at a futures game, we're going to be wrong plenty of times. And that's, you know, like TJ said, that's, that's the best of us. And that's even the amateur fan at home, you know, even an NCAA tournament bracket, you're going to get one right eventually. Yeah, absolutely. So one thing that we want to kind of do and, you know, we call the show tool time, like we talked about, you know, the, the one of the main things in prospecting is just the tools. That's one thing you hear people talk a lot about um, almost as much or almost as important as the stats, because some of these guys haven't played ball stateside yet. They haven't played very much ball. Uh, they're playing, you know, high A ball and, and maybe in a ballpark that's known for being really pitcher friendly. So, you know, the tools are a big aspect of that. So as as a play on that, you know, we're the Tool Time Podcast. And uh, one thing we want to talk about are some tools that you can put in your belt, some safety guidelines for using those tools uh, so you can behave in a safe manner, avoid any kind of workplace accidents or, you know, severed fingers or things of that nature. So uh, Philly, why don't you tell them a little bit about this episode's tool that we're going to talk about a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you know, safety, uh, it's the most important thing. I mean, I'll never forget the day in the kitchen. I saw a guy get his hand uh, pulled into a pasta making machine. I mean, that was, uh, that was a rough one. So hopefully nothing that catastrophic here with your baseball cards or, you know, who you follow. But what we want to talk about this week is, uh, you know, not everybody can be Ellie De La Cruz or Julio Rodriguez. Um, you're going to get a lot of guys, you know, one of the greatest ball players of all time comes to mind that struggle when they first come up. And, you know, Mike Trout, you know, he had to go back down um, despite all the expectations. You're going to get guys like that that don't hit right away. You're going to get, you know, guys that become role players and guys that become good major leaguers, but that doesn't mean they're on the path to superstardom. And you're going to get guys that, you know, 
Brian Taylor, you know, a big draft pick for the Yankees way back in the day, you know, flame out and a ball with some injuries. I mean, it'll happen. And, you know, you have to kind of guard yourself against that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one thing you have to remember, the reason why baseball is played and kind of operates the way it does in terms of developmental is it's a hard game, man. Like, this is not an easy thing to do. And a lot of people, oh, baseball's boring, and they're just <laughs> no, man, it is one of the hardest things in professional sports to do is to hit a round ball with a round bat squarely. It's it's almost impossible. And, you know, you might be good today, bad tomorrow. So there's a lot of fluctuation in, in, in where a guy might pan out versus where you think he might pan out when you're just looking at him as a 17-year-old kid. Another thing to remember is, is, like I just said, the majority of these kids coming in here, they're high school seniors. Um, they're 16, 15. I mean, who's that? Ethan Salas from the Padres. Yeah. I just said I, he was 16 I, years old. I think he's eight years old last time I checked. Jackson Holiday still looks like he's eight years old. Exactly. So. <laughs> I mean, these guys, are, these guys are babies. They got some growing to do. They got some, some life lessons to learn. So. Yeah, you know, a, a lot of things can happen from signing day or draft day to call up day. So uh, I kind of, you know, I got back into the hobby in 2020, like everybody else, you know, you know, sing me a song. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> but I went pretty hard on, on a lot of prospects because I'm excited. I always paid attention to the Cardinals farm system and drafts and international signings. And so I would always have a pretty good gauge of who was coming into the system. So I was pretty knowledgeable on the Cardinals farm system, but maybe not necessarily, you know, the entirety of the major leagues. Maybe a guy the Cardinals were interested in went to another team. So I knew who they were. But uh, three guys. So this is kind of a nice little dichotomy to kind of show you how prospects can end up. We got a second round pick from the Cardinals named Trajan Fletcher, who went by Trey Fletcher. Have you heard of him? That is my nope. point. Okay. <laughs> so then you got another guy, international signing, Ella Harris Montero. He's with the Rockies now. Okay. He was part of the Nolan Arenado trade. So, I mean, he did turn into something good, but he's just got sent down again. So, you know what right. I mean? He's in like 230. Uh, and then Dylan Carlson. Right. So uh, in 2020, I'm buying up as much 2016 Dylan Carlson as I can. 2017, the kids hyped. They gave him a single digit jersey number, number three. You know what I mean? All the other ones are either retired already. Um, you know, he's hyped. He's a switch hitter. He's got some power, everything else. Uh, he's like a 220 hitter. He's pretty mediocre. Fighting for playing time at this point, exactly. Montero was getting comp to Albert Pujols when he was in in Bowman Products. They were saying, you know, this kid. I haven't seen a hitter like this since Albert Pujols. Trajan Fletcher was a high second round pick, two way uh, players. You know, football former football player, superstar athlete. He's not even in the system anymore. He flamed out in less than two years. So you know, these kids can go from super hyped to nothing just like that. Um, or they can go from super hype to the to the major leagues because Carlson was good in 2021 when he came up, but slowly he's kind of decimated to the mean. Um, so yeah, a lot of these guys just end up being just guys. Well, and that, that's the thing. I mean, you know, you look at the All Star Game. I mean, these are guys that took years to get to the top of their craft. I mean, you know, not everybody, like we said at the top, you know, not everybody's Ellie, not everybody's J Rod. These guys aren't even going to be all instant successes when they do hit. Um, you know, development isn't a linear path. I mean, that's the fact of the nature. Um, you know, a guy like Julio, you know, comes up first year. He's, you know, got a great average, plenty of power. Oh, well, second year, everybody's got the book on him now. So they adjust, you know, mm -hmm. so now it's turn to adjust back. So, you know, one year, 
doesn't really make the career though. I mean, it doesn't mean he's a hall of famer yet. So I think, you know, there's something to be said for selling at the right times, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think Cincinnati Reds fans remember Aristides Aquino. Oh uh, yes. Now in the Japanese leagues. Uh, and and what that. did he do? What did he do his rookie year? Didn't he have like 60 home runs in a month or something like that? It was ridiculous. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he, he was getting a lot of attention and, you know, going to be the next, you know, big power hitter, you know, him and Votto just, you know, slugging away in Cincinnati and then nothing but a nosedive. And that's not to say, and I'm not 100% sure that he was a super high prospect coming in, but I remember, you know, upon the call up, right, he just went nuts right out of the gate. So oh, that, that market for him, too, was, you know, like completely through the roof. Anything mm-hmm. that, you know, you can get your hands on. Oh, my God, you got to get a Kino. You got to get a Kino. There's an auto. There's a rookie. Let's grab it up. But it just wasn't sustainable. So I'm not saying Ellie is, is a Kino, but he's got a high K rate lanky guy flails around a lot you know what i mean it's anybody could turn into anything man i mean exactly some some of these guys come out of nowhere and some of these guys fall from grace so just just uh pay a lot of attention and and try to make educated guesses so let's try to give you some suggestions for some guys that maybe you can make some educated guesses on so coming up is something that i know you're super pumped up about you got the futures game coming up here pretty quick right oh man you know outside of maybe the world series or, you know, if the Mariners, yeah, I'm a Seattle guy, um, you know, make the playoffs futures game is my favorite game of the year. Um, it's really bringing together the top prospects in all of baseball. Um, you know, whereas like the triple a all-star game, the double a all-star game, you know, you might get the 32 year old vets in there that are, you know, just kind of getting the paycheck futures game is all about guys that teams think will make an impact on the next stage. Um, you know, over the years, you know, anybody who's anybody has gone through that. I mean, it's 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 really a launching pad for some of the game's best talent. And this year it's in Seattle. Um, you know, I got a birthday party to go to, you know, with a magi- magician already booked, so I don't get to go to the game. Um, but rest assured, you know, going to be DVR in that, going to be watching it back and savoring it in when there's nothing else to watch, you know, All-Star Week. Uh, but definitely, you know, some big names coming up this year. Yeah, so tell me, so here's here's a, a little, uh, you, I don't want to call it a game, but a little thing we're going to do. So uh, just for you guys, again, that you don't know, I want to I reiterate, my man, Mr. Phil, more knowledgeable than I am on the prospect side of things. I'm not saying I'm more knowledgeable than Phil when it comes to the card side of things, but that's the angle that I am knowledgeable about. So what we're going to do is Philly's going to tell you a little bit about some guys And I'm going to tell you a little bit about how they're priced or how I'm buying and or selling and or holding those guys. So uh, who you want to start with? You know, I'll give you some credit, though. Uh, Last couple of weeks, you've been making some big moves on that Ellie call up. And, um, you know, you definitely know how to work that card market. So anybody on the discord, you get questions about prospects, whether you should buy or hold, you know, don't be afraid to hit up TJ. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, if if you're still trying to sell Ellie, you might be about five (laughs) minutes late. But if you were selling for the last eight to 10 days, you potentially made a killing. So you're you're having a nice night out on the town. Oh, yeah, bro. I made so much money off of non first base cards that are worth 50 cents to a dollar. They're selling for six, (laughs) seven, eight dollars a piece. Oh, you got to love it, though. Yeah. Anyway, so so who we so so who's some of these? Who's the next uh, Ellie hyped type guys? Who you got? I know one guy we share a common affinity for. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Tampa Bay. They don't need anything else. They've got pitching. They've got hitting. But damn, if they're not going to develop it anyway, um, they pulled off a trade November twenty twenty one 
Fleece the Guardians got this kid named Junior Caminero. Woof. Uh, he's 19 years old, double A. Oh, what is he hitting? 340. Mm-hmm. You know, in the Southern League where, the, you know, they've had a, a ball that's designed to help pitchers get better spin, better uh, velocity, basically lining everything up against the hitters. And this guy is still raking. OPS uh, over 1,000. Yeah, I mean, just, just a monster. Uh, you know, and then you slot him in in a year or two next to Rosarena, Wander Franco, all these guys. I mean, sky is the limit. You know, Tampa Bay, the fans themselves may not get it. The market may not get it in Tampa, but, you know, the Carl world's going to understand. Uh, I mean, this guy is 70 grade hit, 60 grade power. You know, they, they have him playing third base right now, but they're going to get him reps all over the infield just so mm-hmm. they can get that in the lineup. You know, if somebody goes down in September and they're in a playoff race, don't be shocked if he comes up. So TJ, what's his uh, what's his pricing looking like to get in on that? So if you know me and you're on the Discord, you know I'm buying up everything I can get, right? So you know I'll give you anything from the bottom to the top. So I'm buying up as many paper first Bowmans as I possibly can. You can get them for about a buck a piece, bro. If you're worth your salt as a collector, if you're buying up lots and stuff like that, uh, Chrome base first Bowmans. Three to five dollars a piece. Again, if you have an opportunity to buy them in lots, I would highly recommend doing so. And for a nice, just base first Bowman Chrome Auto, you're looking at right around two hundred dollars right now for Junior Caminero. Um, I'm buying up colored parallel non-auto cards for anywhere from twenty to eighty dollars, depending on where it's numbered. And you can get nice first mojos for around ten, eleven bucks. Um, so I'm stocking up. Just for reference, those first Ellie Mojos are selling. We're selling for a little over a hundred dollars last week, right around that neighborhood. So, you know, if uh, Junior comes up and does anything Ellie like, and we'll continue to refer back to him because he's the most recent instance, but um, that's potential to be a a little bit of profit there. So I'm excited about that buying up Caminero. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm being fully honest with all of you here. I think I had a naughty dream about a Sapphire card the other night. You know, just getting one, my hands on one of those and holding it and waiting to see what happens uh, when he comes up. But it might just be a keeper pile right there. Yeah, stocking up. So our next guy, um, you know, kind of uh, taking, after, taking after his dad and then some, uh, Jackson Holiday. You know, he's a, he's a 19-year-old right out of high school last year. Everybody was uh, zeroing in on Drew Jones as the number one pick, but Baltimore went a different route. They picked Jackson Holiday. Uh, he stepped right into rookie ball last year for a little bit. Absolutely dominated. They uh, put him in a ball to start the season. He made it look like a child's league. I mean, he was you know hitting over 350 easily. They bumped him up to high A. You know, a little bit of an adjustment early on, but now he's hitting back over 300 again, hitting game-winning home runs. Uh, you know, this is another system that lately has just been developing the bats nonstop. Uh, you know, the question becomes in a year – when he's pushing at the door and he's ready to come up, you know, where do they play him? I mean, they've got Gunner, they've got Westberg, you know, they've got Connor Norby, Kobe Mayo, all these guys that are going to be great major leaguers. Jackson's the one that's staying. He's not getting traded. Um, but, you know, he's an absolute hitting prodigy. Uh, you know, and then for you really, really deep, nerdy collectors out there, his brother Ethan is 15 years old and he just had his first card put out through Stars and Stripes. You got a rookie patch auto in there, and Jackson himself is saying, nah, I'm good, but my brother's better than me. So Ooh. there's going to be another holiday on the way. 
and and uh, I'm sure everybody knows this by now, but we all know that's Matt Holiday's son, right? And as a big Cardinals homer, that's you know really exciting for me. Uh, even though, again, he still looks like he's eight, maybe 10, 11. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the kid just hits, bro. So, you know, Holiday, not as similar profile to Caminero in terms of the hobby, right? So um, similar to Drew Jones, uh, or, or similar to Jackson Holiday, rather, Caminero came in with Drew Jones, so to speak. So uh, Jackson Holiday was drafted in the same draft as, as Drew Jones, mm-hmm. but Caminero came out in the same Bowman set as Drew Jones. So everybody's buying Drew Jones, Drew Jones, Drew Jones, and Caminero was kind of like that 1A guy. But, you know, like we'll talk about a little bit later on, Caminero's kind of surplanted him. And, you know, with Holiday, he was hyped from day one. There was never a buy low opportunity on that. His, you know, those non-first uh, chromes that I was talking about, the Ellie's mm-hmm. I was selling for six. Jackson Holiday's already selling for six. So this kid oh, is exactly. hyped. Yeah, you're not buying him cheap. You're not finding stuff. I mean, you might get in there, get lucky, find a misspelled auction listing or something like that. But for the most part, uh, that was never a buy low opportunity. He was hyped before the draft. He was hyped after the draft. His his first Bowman's in Bowman draft, uh, 22 Bowman draft. And it's, it's not cheap, bro. So unless you bought jumbo boxes of Bowman draft and pulled some autos, you're paying top tier pricing for him and will continue to do so probably until he gets called up barring some kind of major setback or injury. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's always a little bit of a fear, you know, when teams like that have multiple young stars, you know, we've seen the Baltimore Orioles with Adley and Gunner, you know, sometimes the pricing is what we want on the guy we rally behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Gunner's a little lower than some of us ex- expected, whether it's due to performance or just sharing that spotlight. But, you know, by the time those guys are developed, Holiday is going to be the next best, best thing. They're going to be regular bets. This is going to be, you know, a guy with high rookie pricing as soon as he pops onto the scene. Mm-hmm. A little bit of investment right now, but you're really not going to want to miss out. Yeah, first Bowman Chrome's going for about $360. And when I'm giving you these prices, they're raw. They're most recent sales. I'm not talking about graded. This is just... Because you're not going to get a deal on a graded card. Maybe Ooh. a PSA 9, you know what I mean? But in, in my research, PSA 9 is roughly equivalent to raw pricing. So 360 on holiday. Uh, yeah, yeah. Who else you got? So I got this guy, because, you know, we don't give Tampa enough credit, right? I got this guy. His name is Kyle Manzardo. You know, mm-hmm. and every scout, every analyst right now is saying, yeah, holiday is good. Camino is great. But Kyle Manzardo is the best pure hitter in the minors right now. He's up in AAA. He's a first baseman. It's really another situation right now where, where do you play him? I mean, Tampa's got so many all-stars. They're the best team for a reason. So they're just looking for a spot. They're trying to nitpick any little thing in his approach to keep him down there. So he could be a trade candidate. You know, if Tampa really wants to go on and swing for Shane Bieber, you know, that's a guy that could be on the move and could slot right into the Guardians lineup right after that. It could be somebody that, you know, they get an injury in Tampa. He slots right in. So he's on the cusp. He's hitting. Uh, He's a star in the making. Yeah, absolutely. So admittedly, Manzardo is not a guy that I know a ton about. But uh, he looks like he was in 2021 Bowman with his first. Um, 2021 was kind of a bad Bowman class and also a horrible rookie class. So a lot of those products and a lot of those people in those products are available on the cheap. His first Bowman Chrome is going for 45 bucks, bro. 
Uh, so, I mean, that might sincerely be a buy low opportunity. You know, if you really believe in Manzardo, you know, I didn't bother to look at parallels, but a first Bowman Chrome is a beautiful card. It's a classy card. It's a classic card. Um, and you'll never have a problem moving it if that's something you decide to do. And if it's something you want to keep forever, it's really cool to see, you know, imagine Kyle Manzardo in 22 years when he retires from the bigs and you got a picture of 19 year old Kyle Manzardo on a card. It's just kind of cool. It's autographed, you know, so I like that part about it. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. seems like a little bit of an opportunity there. If the kid's as good as you say he is Philly. No, I mean, between Wander at the top and Cam and Earl right underneath him, you know, he's sandwiched in between some, some superstars. And I think, uh, you know, maybe there's a little bit of a uh, overlook in the hall in the hobby right now on Marzardo, and Hi, why not grab him now? Hi, All right, so tell me a little bit about this next guy because uh, I have a personal kind of affinity, and not for any reason. I'm a Cardinals fan. I hate his team. I hate his organization, but <laughs> I have my own personal reasons why I'm a fan. So uh, if uh, you know. Just like I said, all my biggest hits have come out of Bowman, right? All my biggest hits have come out of Bowman. So uh, Bowman Chrome Mega Boxes are big, you know, uh, addiction of mine, big issue that I have. And last year, I was lucky enough to pull a nice orange uh, autograph out of 25 of this particular individual, sent it into PSA, came back at 10, got a nice high list price on it. And uh, why don't you tell me why that price is so high on this guy? Yeah, so I think in the newest dictionary that's come out, if you look up five tool, you'll see Jackson Churio right next to that word. Uh, he is a center fielder in the Brewers organization, uh, 19 years old. Again, you know, young guy. He's holding his own at double A. He's not setting it on fire, but again, he's 19. He doesn't need to set it on fire. The fact that he's competing with guys that are 24, 25 years old, holding his own, I mean, it's great. Um, you know, he's got power, he's got a glove, he's got everything. The kid, the kid is absolutely a beast. And I mean, the comps on that card I'm telling you about, I mean, anywhere from, you know, four to six to $8,000, he's, he's sincerely, uh, viewed upon as a generational talent. Now, just to go back, uh, when his first Bowman card came out is in 2022 Bowman. And that's the same class as Ellie De La Cruz, by the way. But Jackson Cherio and Ellie De La Cruz were not the most hyped prospects in that set. When Bowman came out, everybody was talking about Khalil Watson. That was the guy to chase. Is Khalil Watson, prospect with the Marlins. He was supposed to be the next big thing. And everybody was chasing Khalil Watson cards. Nobody what was chasing. He, uh, what did he oh, score he, on like the, the scouts rating for throwing a bat and an umpire? Was that a 70 grade? I think it was 70, but I think his scouts grade on uh, making a mock gun out of a baseball bat and pointing it at an umpire was an 80. So earlier when I asked you about, you know, did anybody have an 80 grade hit tool? Uh, Khalil Watson has an 80 grade machine gun bat tool. Um, but anyway, so yeah, Churio, he really got hot last year and just his his ranking and his values and his standing in the game just continued to rise throughout the summer. And then by the time we got to winter ball and December, um, it was absolutely nuts. His stuff was flying off the shelf. So uh, just a reminder that, you know, when these guys come out, they're day one, you know, prognostication doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, where they're going to end up. Um, they'll develop and they'll, uh, 
they'll turn into something special potentially. All right. So like I said, Jackson Cheerio, I mean, the kid's a beast. I hope he continues to just become more of a beast so I can sell his damn card, man. It's it's the wife even knows about it. She knows how much it's worth. It's it's become a point of contention. I've been asked, have I sold the card yet? Um, I really need the kid to just get called up and go nuts. So I, can, I mean, that's a nice vacation right there, you know, in, in the form of a cardboard slab. Yeah, it's it's uh, definitely absolutely 100% the most valuable card I've ever pulled out of a pack or held in my hands. And the kid has not even seen the major leagues yet. He hasn't even seen triple A yet. So it's nuts. But maybe this year, you know, maybe they push him a little bit more and, uh, you know, see what he's made of and really test him out. But, you know, there are a system lately that's been developing outfielders pretty well too, you know, with guys like Garrett Mitchell, Sal Frelick. So I think – you know, his future is pretty bright, man, even if it's not for another year and a half. Yeah, I agree. So I, I think you uh, told me a little bit about a kid on the Phillies system. Yeah. You know, another uh, another son of a former big leaguer. Um, this time, you know, Carl Crawford's son, Justin. Justin Crawford is um, tearing it up in A-ball. He was a first-round pick for the Phillies last year. Um, you know, he's, he's kind of in an interesting spot right now. He's fast. He's a great hitter. But so far, he has no professional home runs. But, you know, you've seen a little bit of shift in baseball this year with the time clock. So maybe there's a bit of, you know, an all-star future for him, you know, as that traditional leadoff man role might be, you know, on the way back. I mean, the guy's stolen 40 bags already this year, halfway through the season. I mean, you have that at the top of the lineup with some of those guys in Philly hitting behind him. That's a 100-run player right there. I'll be honest with you, man. I did not know that that was Carl Crawford's son. I'm a little embarrassed and ashamed, but I'll, I'll keep that to myself. Um, so I have, you know, a, a few Crawfords that I've pulled from Bowman. He's, you know, a very exciting prospect from what I see. Um, it's no surprise to me that he's stolen 40 bags. I yep. mean, his dad was quick, man. I mean, we used to play MLB The Show. If you had Carl Crawford, forget about it. It was Absolutely. a wrap. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, that's exciting. I love legacy players, man. I love, you know, Bo Bichette, Vlad Guerrero Jr., you know, even Kevin Biggio, just all these, Hey man, I used to watch your pops play ball and you know what I mean? And stuff like that. It, it, it on one hand, it makes you feel old, right? Yeah. But, on, but, but on the other hand, you know what I mean? It's, it's really, really cool just to kind of see that. So for that reason alone, I'd like to see Crawford hit the majors. You could pick up his first Bowman Chrome for 60 bucks real quick before I forget. Jackson Churio, first Bowman Chrome base, two hundred and fifty dollars. That's, a, I mean, he's not he's not cheap either, man. Exactly, he's not cheap, but he might be well worth it, you know. By the time he's up there, absolutely. Yeah, I mean Crawford's an interesting one. You know, traditionally you don't see the you know only speed guys, you know, with a huge market. Um, you know, so you're hoping maybe he develops a little bit of power, but chances are it's not going to be much more than his dad had. I mean, his dad was a perennial all-star but he also hit eight to 12 home runs a year and you know got everything else done in the field so bright future for him we'll see where he goes and then uh, i think you told me about a kid in colorado yeah they got this guy out of uh, cuba a couple of years back you might have seen him in uh, last year's bowman release young keel fernandez he's uh 20 years old high a uh, right now he's in spokane just lighting it up OPS 960, 17 home runs, you know, midway point. This is a guy that's going to be hitting in Coors too. Um, You know, so if that power sustains and, you know, he kind of keeps going through that, you're looking at a guy that could be a, you know, perennial 40 homer a year player right there, you know, with a good hit hit tool to match. I mean, 
the Rockies, there's not really anybody blocking him. Um, so when he's ready, he's going to come in and he's probably going to do some damage. I like I like Fernandez a lot. Uh, he is pretty tooled up, nice hit tool. Obviously, he's got good power. First Bowman Chrome's for $60. Not an expensive guy. Also, probably to a certain extent, a little bit of a slept-on guy. I don't think that the Rockies are an organization that have a ton of fans by definition. No offense. Um, not a lot of uh, just, you know, general hype around the system, right? I mean, they're always in a perpetual state of rebuild. It was Nolan Arenado and Trevor Story. Now it's nobody. Uh, I mean, I, Chris Bryant is a former Cub, so I don't feel bad banging on Chris Bryant for two seconds. But, um, you know, it's uh, it's always interesting to see the dichotomy from organization to organization, right? Yankees prospects, always hyped. Red Sox process, prospects, always hyped. Colorado prospects, not as much. And, you know, you also wonder, are you going to see a lot of production when he immediately hits the field? Are they developing these guys properly? It's it's always, you know, interesting to kind of see you're only as good as where you start. It kind of helps define where you end up, right? Absolutely. I mean, you know, there's a little bit of maybe unwarranted backlash on a guy like Ezekiel Tovar this year, you know, rookie shortstop for the Rockies. Didn't hit right away. You know, still plays a solid shortstop, but then you got a guy like Zach Neto, you know, passing him up and, you know, doing it with the bat and the glove. All of a sudden, eh, who cares about Tovar? But he's picking it up too. Um, but, you know, one thing you brought up that's kind of interesting to me is, you know, their tendency to develop guys and then trade them. Mm-hmm. If you're interested and you're playing the long game, I mean, if you told me back in 2013 to hold on to like a first Bowman Nolan Arenado signature, I mean, with the career he's had, you know, after the Rockies especially, you got a pretty little uh, card sitting in your collection. So, mm-hmm. you know, I would say don't don't be too shy on buying those uh, lower market, you know, players because they might end up in the big stage sooner or later. More more than likely you know, they will. <laughs> yeah, it says Yankeel won't be a Yankee by uh, 2031 and, you know, slugging them out to right at Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's a high, a high probability of that, and it's, you know, another – just kind of element. And, you know, you get attached to guys like I like Montero a lot. I was bummed out when they sent him to Colorado, but not anymore. I mean, we got Arenado and look at him. You know what I mean? He's still in toiling away in AAA. You get over it. <laughs> yeah, you get over it pretty quickly. Um, so, you know, we talked about some guys that are, you know, uh, you know, decent pickups, guys to look at, guys to keep an eye on. Who are some things that you tend to avoid or some guys that maybe you steer away from when it comes to when you're buying prospect cards and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, going into this futures game, um, you know, this is a game over the years. that's had guys like Verlander, you know, make their kind of big national debut. The pitchers this year, not a really good group. Um, You know, like any other group of pitchers, there's guys who could down the road pop and be number ones. Um, But, you know, pitchers with as volatile as they are, you know, how much do you really want to invest? You might see, you know, a guy like Jacob Mizorowski flash like a 100-mile-per-hour fastball and a, you know, saw your knees off slider, but he's a couple of years away, and he's a pitcher. I mean, who's to say, God forbid, he, you know, doesn't get an arm injury, you know, from throwing that hard in a year or two, and next thing you know, you don't hear from him. Um, mm-hmm. Kyle Harrison's a guy that's, you know, really been in the top 25 of most major publications. He's a lefty for the Giants. Great stuff. Um, kind of interesting that they would still feature him this year. He's had a pretty abysmal year, uh, averaging almost a walk in inning in AAA. E. Uh, yeah, there's a little bit of expectation that you know you go to AAA with the you know the 
the thin air, you're going to get hit a little bit. Getting hits fine. You know, they expect that as long as you're working on, you know, the mechanics, you're throwing your pitches, following your routine. But losing control, that's been an issue. Um, he's come around the last couple starts and, and cut that in half. So hopefully there's, you know, some bright signs there. But, you know, again, this is a guy that's, you look at a prospect list, oh, he's top 25. I should go grab that card. He's in mm-hmm. AAA. He's going to be up soon. He's a guy that could, you know, be a, uh, be a contender for rookie of the year next year, or he could be back in triple a, you know, within six weeks. It's, it's kind of hard to tell. So for me, pitching, you know, stay away. So my general rule of thumb, if you know me again, you know, this, I sell all pitchers that I pull immediately. I'm not PC and pitchers. And I think, you know, the general sentiment in the hobby is, is this right. So I'm not saying anything, earth shattering, groundbreaking, anything like that. This is common knowledge. I mean, everybody's an elbow or a shoulder or even a knee away from never being the same again, or just never even being a guy again. They uh, um, get in their head like Alec Manoa. Next thing you know, they're giving up, you know, 10 runs and, and rookie ball. Rick Ankew. He was a can't miss prospect. You know what I mean? Uh, Steven Strasburg. I mean, and he experienced some success, but did he experience any longevity? And then you look at your guys who did experience some longevity. Who's collecting Garrett Cole? Right. Who's collecting Justin Verlander, right? I'm sure there's some Astro fans, but after he bounced around team to team a couple of times, there's bound to be some loss of interest there. I've been a Cardinals fan my entire life. I got like four Adam Wainwright cards. I don't care. You know what I mean? It's just, it's it's not you know, a huge part of the hobby. So um, I avoid pitchers, particularly in Bowman, entirely too volatile. I'll give you a, you know, an example. Again, I talk about a lot of Cardinals cards. I'm a homer, sue me, whatever. Uh, Take hints. Uh, In that 2020, probably one of the best draft class, the Cardinals will be talking about that draft class forever. You got Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn, and Tink Hintz, and Alec Burleson. So two current major leaguers, a guy in AAA, and then Tink Hintz, who's in the Futures game. Um, Great kid, very young, nasty stuff, filthy stuff, tiny little ERA, but they're barely pitching him. He's pitching like two, three innings a night because he is frail. He is fragile. And when you see him out there, he's 6'1", but he maybe weighs 99 pounds. With all of his equipment and an eight-pound glove on. You know what I mean? He is not a big guy. The concern is is that he's going to get hurt. He's going to tweak something. Um, so, yeah, pitching is just entirely too volatile. And if it's, you know, when you're talking about Bowman, these aren't cheap cards, you know, generally speaking. So, you know, if you're going to put money into them, God, I'd hate for you to buy a $50 card that's worth $5 next year. You know what I mean? Well, that's the thing. I mean, kind of like we talked about earlier on with not everybody's a superstar, you know, Tink Hens could come up, you know, and become one of the, you know, best setup guys of the last 20 years. But the investment, you know, on a Bowman first auto for a guy like Tink Hens isn't going to fetch that much. I mean, you know, if you sell right away when he hits it, maybe you'll get your money back. But, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of mid-level, he's a, he's, a, he's a big leaguer, but that's all he is. Doesn't go too well. Well, I sold a couple of first Bowman refractor autos. Those are numbered out of four ninety nine from Tink Hints, and I was picking them up cheap here and there. I sold one of them for a hundred and five. I sold another one for ninety five. You take a hundred and five dollars and go on eBay and tell me what pitcher card that's an established vet. What Clayton Kershaw card can you buy for a hundred and five dollars? What Randy Johnson card could you buy? You know what I mean? There are some established Hall of Fame pitchers. Absolutely. 
And, and is Tink Hintz going to be Randy Johnson? Geez, I hope so. But the odds of that happening are incredibly slim, man. It's it's very, very rare. So Absolutely. Um, and I mean, I think, you know, one thing you can do is if, you know, you're smart about your money and, you know, when you buy things. I mean, you sell a couple of prospects, you want to go buy that Verlander rookie card, go buy it. You know, you didn't invest early. You know, it's going to be at a pretty stable price. Same with Kershaw. I mean, these guys are all stable prices you know the rookie cards are out there we know what we're looking for but we're not going to get burned by you know the upside play when their kids coming up and i've been burned by several pitchers alex reyes oh yeah carlos martinez mm. quang hyung kim i put money into these three individuals oh, yeah. like bought significant numbered autographed patched paralleled cards of all three guys and i mean i can't give that. I, just, I sold a I sold a Carlos Martinez rookie gold auto number to 50 PSA 10 for $4.50 just to get it out of my house. Don't I talk mean, to me about pitching. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's fun to have, you know, a little bit of your hometown favorites and your guys in there, but you know, it's an investment like that and you're hoping for, uh, you know, for stardom on it. it it's just kind of bitter to look at after a while. I mean, I don't mind right. having my George Kirby rookie card, but at the same time, I don't know if I want to shell out for the, for the gold Bowman first auto either. Nah. So I, all right. There's some pitchers out there that are upset. So anyway, besides them, let's bang on some hitters who you got. Yeah. So one guy that's really kind of broken into the national spotlight this year and, you know, maybe deservedly. So maybe it was just, you know, all mirage was uh, Jonathan Clace. You know, he's a Mariners prospect, um, you know, set the world on fire this year, had a killer April, early May in Everett, some high, high a ball, uh, home runs, his his speed is through the roof. You know, from from the get go, he's been scattered at having seventy, eighty grade speed. Uh, power is always a question. Same with the hit tool. You know, those are about forty five, fifty. So not not terrible, but you know, also not you know what he was showing. So, like I said, got off to a great start the first six weeks. They bumped him up to double A. All of a sudden, guys hitting two hundred. He's still still in you know all the bags in the world if he gets on. But he's also striking out an increased rate. So it's kind of a tale of, you know, Jekyll and Hyde, really. You know, are you getting the guy at Everett who can, you know, hit, hit a ball out every four games? Or are you getting the guy that's going to barely hit 200, but, you know, he's a demon on the base paths? Um, you know, he's 20. So he's grown into some of this stuff. You know, maybe the truth lies somewhere in between, but you just don't know yet. All right, so I was kind of stupid with this guy. So, you know, I like to use my personal tragedies as anecdotes for you guys for educational purposes, right? For science, like we say on the Discord, for science. So uh pulled a Mojo Auto from Bowman Chrome for Class A or Class, Clace, whatever. Um, not a first, but, you know, nice, you know, on-card Mojo Auto. Um, it was I may be familiar with that one, yeah. Did I sell that to you? Oh, I, I, it was me or some other poor Mariners fan who's just oh, looking at it, wondering what he's got. So I, I, I think I sold. How much did I sell it to you for, man? <laughs> it was like twelve think, bucks yeah. or thirteen bucks, and then 15, like fifteen. Yeah. And then like two weeks later, it's a sixty, seventy-five dollar card, right? Something like that. So at that point, I, I, I do this thing where when I take major L's on prospects, I just stop paying attention, right? Because I can't deal with the trauma, right? It, it hurts. So I'm not looking at his cards. I don't have any of his cards. There's no reason for me to be concerned about his pricing or anything else. And then I'm scrolling through Reddit and I see some guy and he's got a, 
a first Bowman refractor auto numbered out of 499 and it's sharp, bro. It's sharp. And it looks like a reasonable price. Well, I haven't followed up on Clace. I don't know what the hell's going on. So I bought it. And then I get on the discord. I'm like, Hey guys, what's going on with Clace? They're like, yeah, man, he's a uh, guys in 200, et cetera. So I'm like, so I, I literally sold at the Valley right before the peak. And then I bought again at the Ector Valley on the other side of the peak is what I did with Clay. So, uh, you know, it's all about timing. And uh, my timing in that instance was horrible. So what I'm going to do is I got this refractor auto. I'm going to send it to PSA. I'm going to have it over there for two months. So I don't even have to think about it. And then by the time I get it back, we can figure out what's going on with him. And maybe it's a $5 card or maybe it's $500. we will see how it goes. I mean, you know, if, it's, if his fall is anything like his spring was, you know, he's going to go to the Arizona Fall League impress everybody and they're gonna be talking about him being a dark horse to break into the majors and then in spring of next year who knows what the hell is going to happen he's just kind of a, a rough one to follow right now but if it clicks you know we're excited in seattle but we'll see yeah you know, damn it man damn <laughs> all right who's the next guy so he's not in the game you'd think he would be because he's you know kind of king hot shit but drew jones andrew jones's son what are you doing right now with his cards? All right, so I'm going to flip the script on you real quick because I got numbers. You got all the numbers. Now I got the numbers. So a <laughs> little backstory on Drew Jones. So, you know, he got drafted by the Diamondbacks, went to Chase Field, first batting practice, tore his labrum. That's not a minor injury, my friend. That is significant injury. We're talking, you know, intensive rehab, Big surgery, long schedule, missing a lot of baseball, a lot of that important developmental time that we talked a lot about in the beginning, right, where you need those reps. Um, came back, recovered, and then he messed up his quad after hitting 173 in his first 14 games. Not not super encouraging, not great numbers, right? Yeah, no, he's number one pick. That's good if you're a pitcher, maybe learning how to hit, but uh... – for, you know, the, the top draft pick and, you know, just like your dad, that's a little uh, little rough start there. Yeah, and zero home runs. Oh, and by the way, we talked about legacy players. Drew Jones is the son of Andrew Jones, the phenomenal center fielder for the Atlanta Braves for a long time that I always get shit about when I bring up Jim Edmonds and try to talk about what a great center is. Oh, Andrew Jones. So like, all right, whatever. But anyway, so, uh, you know, he had the labrum, then he had the quad. Then he came back from the quad, right? And he played four games, and then he tweaked his hamstring. So we got three injuries in a very short period of time. As you know, hamstrings linger, and they're, they're issues. They affect base running, all that kind of stuff. Long story short, for a guy that came in as hyped as he was, and I mean, we're talking about a guy who's one-on-one, super fractor auto, went for a quarter mil off top. Right. From a reputable company, not Joe Blow with his Wall Street bets money or crypto cash or whatever it was, you know, big legitimate company ate that. You know what I mean? Bounty. Yep. Yeah. So uh, this is, you know, it's not good, man. I mean, what do you see with Drew Jones? You know, I think coming out, there was definitely a lot of hype because who his dad is. And and we love to say, you know, oh, Vlad Vlad Jr. He's going to be just like his dad. Oh, Kevin Biggio. Oh, man, he's going to be just like Craig. I mean, a lot of these guys that have kids that, you know, become draft picks, become prospects, they've got some pretty big shoes to fill. Um, the scouting report on Drew right away was he's got a glove. He's got, you know, power. He's got raw power, but he's still learning to get that hit tool and harness that game power. 
So he's not going to be, you know, an instant star, but you know, we all definitely wanted to think he was going to be as soon as Bellman hit the shelves this year. Yeah, it's been a little bit of a letdown. I mean, I've seen his prices just absolutely crater. You know what I mean? It's it's not encouraging. So you know, that's a situation where you know I have a hard time justifying a first Bowman for a guy who hasn't seen any field action, and you're paying a thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars for the card when you could take that same thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars and buy a nice Hank Aaron, a nice not that great condition Mickey Mantle you know what I mean some established Hall of Fame guys in in slabs and that Drew Jones money that uh you know is a lot less risk averse than that yeah so you know you hate to see guys take big L's on that and I would just use that as kind of a cautionary tale where you're throwing your money around um so aside from Bowman and you're gonna hear us talk a lot about Bowman well me because again I'm a professed Bowman addict and degenerate but aside from that um, it's just my favorite prospect product, but there's another, there's several others, but there's another pretty reputable, I would say pretty well-recognized and, and well-renowned, uh, prospect that, uh, product that, that you like a lot. And I see you posting about it, talking about it. Yeah. So why don't you rapid fire for me a little bit about, uh, what you think about that Panini stars and stripes set? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so it's kind of a fun time to get out the stars and stripes if you got them, um, if you're in your LCS and, you know, you want something affordable with maybe some high upside. You know, next week we've got the, the MLB draft on top of the Futures game. So you're going to see a lot of the guys really throughout the draft. They have their first autos. They have their first, you know, rookie patch autos, if you want to call it that, um, in this set. So, you know, with Panini, I think a lot of us have soured on the unlicensed factor and kind of the, the chintziness of, you know, oh, that looks like a Mariners jersey, but that's not a Mariners jersey. Mm-hmm. The nice thing is that it, it all looks the same because they're all on their Team USA, you know, outfits. And for me, you know, the first time I saw it, it really caught my eye because it reminded me of those like Jim Abbott, Robin Ventura, Team USA cards from 88, where these are the first time I've seen a lot of those guys and they went on to bigger, better things. Um, so it's a, it's a fun product. You're getting a variety. You're getting college guys. So like this year in the draft, you know, the top five – Projected players are all in it. Um, that's Paul Skeens. This is a guy from LSU, a pitcher, throws 100. Um, he's really, unlike any college pitcher we've seen since even Strasburg, since Cole. Um, you know, he went to Air Force before he transferred to LSU. So guy is just a total hard-nosed workhorse. Um, you know, if Pittsburgh doesn't take him one, then Washington's going to jump on him too, and he'll probably be in the bigs by next year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Dylan Cruz. Um, and, you know, happy to say kind of one of my prospect wins, I got a card of his when he was just 15 years old, um, you know, in one of these sets, an auto cracked ice to 24, sent it off to, kid, you know, 9.5. So, I mean, talk about like, okay, wow. never thought that would happen. Uh, here's a guy, you know, as blasphemous, as blasphemous as it may be to say is getting called baby Mike Trout. Because he's a center fielder, roaming, power, hit, speed, arm, glove, you name it. Guy's a complete package. Um, You know, again, Pirates don't take him number one. Nats will take him number two. They're not going to let him slide. You know, and then these guys are also guys to keep in mind for Bowman draft as the time comes around. Kind of a little bit of of names for you guys to get on your radar. Uh, One of them is Wyatt Langford. Any other year, he'd be a number one overall outfielder from Florida can mash with the best of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max Clark, 
total, like we talked about, five-tool outfielder, high school guy. Uh, right behind him is Wyatt Jenkins. He's a left-handed power bat. Um, you know, some of the guys in the Discord, you know, are from the same area, so they're already starting to collect on him a little bit and kind of that local pride. So it's a fun draft. It's a fun product. Um, if you have any of these guys now, once they get their name called, the price is going to go right up because that's all there is. You know, teams are going to be saying, oh, my God, I, I, we got that guy number one. I want to get his auto right away. So if you're ready, you have it priced, ready to go, you're going to move some cards. That's an excellent, excellent point, and, and I can't stress that enough. So uh, for those of you who don't know, you get three Bowman releases throughout the year, right? And I always like to start with Bowman Chrome because it's the way that makes the most sense. So Bowman Chrome, which typically drops in the late summer, early fall type of time, is generally focused on your international prospect signings, right? So those are your Dominican Fall League kids. Those are your guys from Venezuela. And generally speaking, the Latin American type of countries, you know, um, occasionally you'll get some of your, you know, uh, uh, you know, from Asia and things like that kind of sprinkled in there. But generally speaking, a lot of Latin American, your Venezuelans, Cubans, et cetera, et cetera. I think this year's poster boy is, you know, uh, the, the, the love of one Bobby F in baseball, you know, Ethan yeah. Salas, you know, yeah, absolutely. indicator of who might be there. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, that's where your Bowman Chrome is focused on. Then you got Bowman Draft. That's self-explanatory. That's your kids from the draft, right? Then you get Bowman in the beginning of the year. That's the set we just got. And that's the one that's kind of a little bit of both. So Bowman Draft, we don't get until late, late December. So with these kids that are getting their names called in this set that we're talking about here and, you know, Panini Stars and Stripes, if you happen to have any of those laying around of a, you know, of a cruise, there's no other cruise cards coming out until December, my man. So you have a little window of opportunity. I'll also say that once Bowman Draft drops, that window probably shrinks significantly and probably, you know, your profitability opportunity probably, you know, significantly decreases. I don't think that when you got Bowman Draft sitting there and a Panini Stars and Stripes that, you know, people will gravitate towards that. Um, there's probably a lot of people that enjoy that set, but you want to try to, you know, get in on that window, that pre-Bowman Draft, like you said. That's a really good point, Philly. Yeah, and I, I would advocate too and say that, like, if you're just a collector and you're not interested in really turning a card or two, you know, it is a good lower price point to get in on. And get Amen. Through, guys, um, okay. you know, I've got a Strasburg from back in the day. I've got a Garrett Cole, you know, when these guys are just babies. I mean, it's cool to look back on the things you can have. And they're also just cool looking cards too, right? Exactly. All right. So one, you know, uh, another aspect of kind of, you know, the AAA system, AAA minor league system and all, you know, all the different levels is, you know, you've got your rookie league guys. And I know there's a couple guys you've got your eye on in rookie league uh, playing ball, just like I've got my eye on their card values and what's going on with them. So uh, you got a couple guys you want to tell me about? Yeah. You know, a lot of these guys we saw in, uh, I guess it'd be Bowman Chrome last year, you know, mm -hmm. really made their breakthroughs. Um, as far as, you know, being a household name, um, as well as one that came out in this year's Bowman. So the first one I got for you is uh, Lazaro Montez. You know, he's a guy in the Mariners organization, 18 years old, big old Cuban kid. When they signed him, he was six foot three. Six months later, shot up to six foot seven. Dude's already getting the Yoron Alvarez comps. And I think anybody who had some of his cards were getting a little, uh, little nervous there, a little, little trigger finger happy to sell because they hadn't seen any home runs yet in rookie ball, but just today broke through, got his first home run, still got an OPS over 900, 
dude's hitting, you know, with power to all fields. He's hitting doubles, uh, good command of the strike zone. You know, he's 18, so he's several years away. But, you know, in that Mariner system, they always find a way to generate hype with the prospects. Um, so not a bad guy to get in on. Yeah, and you can get his first Bowman Chrome for about 35 bucks. Not a not a not a crazy buy. Not a crazy buy. Uh, Roderick Arias, another guy. Uh, he was in 2022 Bowman Chrome, and I know a little bit about Arias because I have a couple of SGC slabs of his first Bowman Chrome auto sitting on the shelf behind me. So I keep a close eye on him uh, in the Yankees system. How's he looking? He's looking good. I mean, again, you know, you got to take everything with a grain of salt, one way or the other. These guys are 17, 18 years old. But in rookie ball, you know, he's hitting 250. He's got some home runs. He's driving guys in. He's coming around to score. I mean, he's he's playing good in the field. There's no reason to think, you know, three, four years from now, he can't be, you know, walking into Yankee Stadium and doing the same thing. And the Yankees paid him a ton of money with their international signing bonus. So I know that they, they think very highly of him. Absolutely. And, and you can pick up his first Bowman Chrome for about 44 bucks. Um, not bad at all. Not bad at all. Yeah, uh, so, I mean, the shortstop prodigy that they had coming up this year, Mr. Volpe, you know, he's uh, sticking around, but I wouldn't say he's exactly, you know, proven his long-term worth just yet. So, you yeah, know, there might be a place for Roderick up there, you know, sooner rather than later. So I have to say, when I saw your list, I was pretty, I was pretty upset to see this next name on the list because mm. this morning I sold one of his cards, mm-hmm. uh, probably a lot cheaper than I should have. So tell me about Ricardo Cabrera, and then I can decide how stupid I should feel with the sale I made. So I guess the thing to consider now we have to worry about is that the Reds are starting to get really good at identifying international talent. So mm-hmm. Ricardo Cabrera was the number two. Uh, signing behind Roderick Arias in the 2021 uh, international signings. This year in rookie ball, you know, guys hitting well over 300. Actually, what is that, 369? I'd say that's all right. You know, OPS over 1,000. Stealing on bases. So for once, you know, lately we're seeing this, you know, prodigy that's, that's coming in and advertised, performing, probably not too far from getting a bump up to A ball. And, you know, as we've seen with guys like Ellie, if they perform, they're, they're going to be aggressive. They're going to move their guys up. They're going to get them to the big leagues because they're not going to go out and buy the talent. They're going to develop it within. All right. So uh, I bought a lot of Bowman Chrome last year. Ricardo Cabrera had his first Bowman in, in 2022 Bowman Chrome. So, uh, I, you know, I saw his name quite a bit. And I've got a ton of his base stuff. So I really hope he's as good as you say he is. But I had... Uh, Blue, a true blue, not blue wave or blue speckle or blue, you know, shit streaks or whatever other, you know, parallel they came out with. But a tr- Bro, if you want me to, I'll burn this podcast down right now. Don't get started on Taco Fresh. So I had a true blue out of 150. And for those of you who don't know, when it comes to Bowman and often tops, I would say as well, people, you know, the purists, if you will. Uh, the most desired, you know, parallel by those purists are going to be your blue, your gold, your purple, the OG, the original parallels that have existed, you know, for a long time. And the blue out of 150 is a is a tried and true, time tested parallel in Bowman. So at a blue out of 150, thick mongoose shimmer or whatever. No, 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 it's just nice and blue, nice and clean. And with the Cincinnati Reds card, it, you know, that blue pops really nice. But in either case, I had a, a Cabrera true blue out of 150. And uh, yeah, man, I, I sold it for 13 bucks, man. 
I sold it for 13 bucks and I yeah. feel like if he's that good, that's going to be like a $800 card. <laughs> I mean, if there was ever, if there was ever a time just to go on and, uh, you know, cancel the sale accidentally and, Oh man, I spilled a soda on that card. I can't ship it to you, bro. Let me get you something else. That might be uh, a good case right there. But on one hand, I have not shipped it out yet. Yeah. On the other hand, I do plan on you know making this podcast publicly available. So, totally. uh, uh, all right. So a, a nice running theme. I think we got a good theme here. Tell me about another time I made a horrific decision. So you tell me how terrible Eric Hernandez from the White Sox, also out of twenty twenty two Bowman Chrome, is, and I'll tell you how stupid I am. Well, if you believe in small sample sizes, you're going to be fine. But if you can take into consideration a guy's got a 50% K rate through his first 16 games, you might uh, want to throw something here when we're done on this podcast. Oh, geez. So uh, Eric Hernandez was a throw in. So, um, you know, my main, because I don't, again, I watch the Cardinals farm system. I don't watch everybody's farm system. So my method of prospecting is, is, you know, I'll buy a hobby box. Again, addict, degenerate. Hello, my name is TJ. We got a table with cookies and punch in the back. Um, My method of prospecting is I'll buy a hobby box or a blaster box. I'll pull a guy. It's a big hit. Bam. How about like a red uh, out of five, right? Red refractor out of five, Eric Hernandez. Well, who the hell is this guy, right? So I start looking around. And at that point in time, you know, he's in a product that's just been released. He's a 16, 17-year-old kid, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I don't think he's driving yet. So Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's a youngster, right? And so all we have is, you know, the scouts that told the White Sox, hey, man, get his kid a whole bunch of money. He's going to be good one day. Their, you know, evaluation of him. So they say things in there like, you know, Juan Soto comps, smooth left-handed stroke, hard-nosed kid, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's a red out of five, so I'm hoping for the best. So I'm looking on eBay, and they, he, I mean, he's cheap across the board, right? So, I mean, and I, and I just got done taking pictures of him to list him on eBay, but I've got two blues, a green, three purples, an aqua, a pink aqua vapor, a pink two refractors, five mojos, three shimmers. I've got a green auto, a purple auto, a blue auto, a blue auto and an SGC 9.5, that red out of five that I just told you in an SGC 9.5. So, I mean, I've legitimately probably got upwards of 17 Eric Hernandez colored parallels because I figured, I mean, I didn't pay more than five, 10, $15 for any of that stuff. It was all dirt cheap. It was like, Fucking buy it, hold it, right. see what the hell happens, right? Um, but yeah, that you know that might not be a success story. It sounds like no, but I, I again, you know, I would caution, you know, in swinging the other way on overreaction. Sometimes, um, you know, get stuff listed, get it up there, and maybe there's still people that do believe. But at the same time, with a small sample size like that, who's to say he doesn't make adjustments? I mean, a lot of these guys, it's their first time away from their family. They got stuff going on in their heads. You know, they're just figuring out. Maybe they don't even speak English, so it's. You know, it's mm-hmm. a whole thing. You know, these guys could take time. Um, but I guess my question to you, though, with something like that, anything you'll do differently, you know, the next year when we see, you know, the new kids come out and maybe you have a nice hit like that, are you going to be a little more cautious? Or 
Yeah, so I think, you know, uh, and I wouldn't necessarily call it going all in because if I piled all those cards together and totaled up the value of all of them, we're not even talking about more than a few hundred dollars, bro. You know what I mean? So I'm not, this is, I'm not going to miss any mortgage payments. We're not going to have to, you know, skip meals over here or anything like that because I bought some Eric Hernandez cars. It's very much not the case. If anything, you know, my Yachty PC took a little bit of a hit for a couple of months while I diverted my attention somewhere else. But, you know, I would say that, uh, I already kind of had made an adjustment, right, from Bowman Chrome and Bowman Draft into what I'm doing with Bowman now. And you'll see me just stacking up Junior Caminero base cards. And when I can find a cheap parallel, I'll grab it. And, you know, I remember now that the Mojo Auto is generally priced at about half the price of the first Bowman base mm-hmm. auto, right? So um, same Essentially, same card. One's a little prettier than the other. The prettier one doesn't have a little first up in the top right. corner. Um, and that matters to a lot of guys. Is it worth the same? No. In my experience, maybe 60 to 75% of the value of yeah. you know the first. But um, when you can pick them up for 105 bucks, it's not a bad investment for a top guy like Junior Caminero because that is going to be a big card if he goes all Ellie De La Cruz on us here in a little while. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we saw last year, you know, Julio, you know, Mega Mojo base, even without the auto break the $100 mark. I mean, that's ungraded too. I mean, you know, these guys hit and get that national attention can kind of go Mm -hmm. anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I guess, you know, your takeaway would be, you know, wait for a little bit more of the stats, a little bit more of the pedigree and you know, maybe shy away on some of these youngsters. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody's not going to pan out like we talked about. And I think that that's kind of, you know, a good overarching theme there is, is, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm sitting here, I've got Ellie Harris Montero Bowman parallels in Cardinals uniforms from 2019 and 2020. I can't get nobody wants them, bro. Yeah. They're worth like a dollar fifty. And you look at it, it's like, man, this is a beautiful chrome purple card numbered at a two fifty. It's a prospect, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I don't even feel right selling it for two dollars and fifty cents. And then I'll I'll net a dollar and eighty, maybe dollar sixty-five off of that. Barely um, pays for the top loader. Right. So, you know, it, it kinda it kind of sucks to, you know, have a bunch of stuff that's not really worth anything regardless of how cool it is because you know these things do cost money and you have to look at the sunk cost and you have to look at the misallocated dollars and what could I have done with that instead could I have something that I'm really really excited about that I want to look at in 5 or 10 years right. because in in 5 or 10 years chances are I don't want to look at it Ellie Harris Montero first Bowman you know what I'm saying it's just right, not exactly so yeah that's uh just you know wait a little bit there's plenty of all of this stuff prices come down Cards become available. There's there's no need to panic in any instance. Um, so another big part of the prospect game is a trade deadline. And it's kind of, you know, when we're going to see a lot of guys change hands, like Montero, like I just said, you know, stuff like that. Um, are there any guys that you've got your eyes on that might be on the move or in for a position change or a bump yeah. up because of that? No, you know, I kind of alluded to it a little bit when we were talking about Jackson Holiday. Um, that system is absolutely stacked. And they're pretty much in contention in win now mode. Um, they've got guys knocking on the door, you know, whether it's to get a job with them or somebody that, you know, they can be dealt to and be slotted into a, a, a starting lineup tomorrow. Uh, one that comes to mind is Heston Kirstad. He was a second pick just a couple of years ago, um, mm-hmm. had some health issues for a little bit, kind of fell off the radar. Uh, this year, you know, the powers come back in a big way. The averages come back. The dudes just lighten up AAA. Um, he's ready to go. I mean, if it was any other team with some space, he'd be in the starting lineup right now. Um, you know, also kind of 
one of his running mates, Colton Kowser. You know, again, a guy high pedigree, high draft pick, um, you know, tools all across the board, you know, average, good amount of power, um, great control of the strike zone, good glove too, um, but he should be up there. So, you know, whether it's those guys or even some of like the second tier guys like Connor Norby, Kobe Mayo, chances are Baltimore is going to make a move. Some of those guys are going to be on the move and break through. So if you want to jump on them now, that way, you know, when July 31st rolls around and that deadline hits, all these guys are making their debut tomorrow. I got their cards. Let's move them. Yeah, and a big part of, you know, kind of prospecting in general and all of that, you know, collecting these, you know, these younger guys, these minor league guys is uh, what team are they on? You know, like we talked about with the Rockies, a guy like Yankeel Fernandez, we can expect him to likely continue his development through. The Rockies aren't going to be trading any big prospects to pick up a big guy. You know, that's that last piece they need to make that playoff push and win the World Series. They're going to develop them and hope they turn into those big guys where they have enough of them where they need to, you know, pick up another piece. So um, if you've got, you know, prospects that you're a big fan of and you're a Yankees fan, you're a Padres fan, as you recently learned or maybe an Astros fan, um, you might not want to get it too attached to some of these guys. And you can still follow their progression, but they're just going to be wearing a different uniform. So um, it's just something to consider the way that guys move around on rosters is, uh, is you know, that trade deadline and the way that teams use their prospects. Uh, teams like the Yankees typically use their prospects as trade chips, right? Exactly. The Phillies the Phillies are in a position to be using them as trade chips, um, whereas, you know, the Rockies, the Rays, these are their superstars of tomorrow. So uh, it's just important to think about. No, and I think, you know, the last couple of years we've seen a change too in how the trade deadline works. You know, with the wild card expansion, there's a lot more teams that are competing a lot less teams that are outright selling. So really, you know, if you're looking through the standings, look at those bottom teams and, you know, see what big leaguers could be on the move and, you know, who might need them. Um, Cause it's probably going to be a lot more teams than you think. And there might be some good prospects traded. Absolutely. Hey man, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, you know, and so for those of you who don't know, and you know, I'm sure the majority of you do is, is you know, I'm TJ, the Yachty guy, I do the EFIS baseball card podcast with our very good friend, uh, Robert F. Baseball, a.k.a. Robert F. N. Baseball. Uh, you know, he's uh, he's the man. He set up the EFIS podcast, was gracious enough to allow me to be the co-host. And, you know, in that same vein, you know, of his graciousness, he's allowed myself and Mr. Phil to kind of, you know, do not a sister podcast because we're not the EFIS podcast, but we're definitely all, you know, we're all in the same boat together. We're in the discord together, you know, Bobby's in, uh, in, you know, fully aware of all of this and co-signed all of this. And he's, you know, kind of, uh, you know, helping along with, you know, just kind of getting us started and started and established and, you know, launched with our first episode and Philly, you know, he's just an absolute wealth of knowledge. So, uh, I really appreciate you really appreciate Bobby, um, everybody there in the discord, you know, EFIS baseball card fans, the Reddit baseball card subreddit, you guys are, you know, the ones we talk to in our little baseball card community. Um, I think we're going to set up a little Q and a or something there in the discord, possibly there, uh, Philly. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I think we want to, uh, you know, just like with, you know, the big, the big pod, we want to take questions from you guys as well, whether it's about cards, whether it's about prospect outlooks, whether it's about, you know, anything in general, you know, we're happy to answer it. We're happy to talk. Um, we don't answer it there. We're going to use it on here. You know, we're always looking for content and fun stuff like that too. And 
Yeah, just to echo what TJ said, just want to give Bobby, you know, a big shout out and thanks for, uh, you know, welcoming me into this community. Um, he's really brought a lot of us together through baseball, through cards. Um, you know, we're at we're 205 now for members. How, how are, are we in the district? Well, we were at 208 the last time I checked, but I think I saw a couple fresh names and I keep trying to do the countdown, but um, it's hard to keep up with, bro. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's 208 folks, you know, that are, that are getting to know each other over over baseball, over cards, over hating the Mets, over, you know, the general malaise that it is to be a Mariners fan and everything else in between around the game. Uh, we have a fun time over there. So check out the link in the uh, podcast info and come join us. Absolutely. And uh, thanks again, Philly. I appreciate you, you know, all the work you put into this. And we look forward to doing these, you know, every couple of weeks. And, and the goal is to kind of try to drop these in between those EFIS podcast episodes just to, you know, kind of give us something else to listen to, talk about, and another outlet, you know, for all of us to discuss this wonderful, addictive, degenerate hobby that we all share together. So uh, thanks again, Philly, for being here, man. And uh, I'll be talking to you real soon. And thanks again, Bobby, for having us. And shout out to the Discord. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you.